a lot of the root causes that are also similar to the aging process or related to the aging process start to impact your hair. So in a perfect world, if David Sinclair said, we're not going to age, that means your hair should not age either. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 231 of the Biohacker Babes. My name is Lauren. I am tuning in from New York City today and I'm joined by my sister across the country, Renee Bells in Las Vegas. Hello, hello. What's happening? Good morning, Las Vegas. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. We are talking about hair today. Oh, we got a beauty convo for you, but this is not just about aesthetics, which we talk about. It's it's really a conversation about anti-aging and health. And we're going to ask some selfish questions and hopefully they resonate with you as well. I definitely was playing with my hair the whole episode because it just had me really focused. Oh yeah, I've been checking what my, my hair, hair looks like. Checking my hair out in the camera this whole time. I know. We maybe spending some time in the bathroom after this, like looking at my scalp. It was a fascinating episode. We learned so many different nuances between hair loss, graying hair, thinning hair. Uh, I think we're both pretty fortunate at this point. We haven't had too many of those challenges, but as biohackers and health enthusiasts, we really care about preventing. I think we are kind of on the edge, like starting to see some gray hair, a little thinning. And this is exactly when we want to get this education because Faraz explains how important it is to get ahead of it. And like at what point on the spectrum or or the timeline is it really the most powerful? Because at some point in the aging process, we can't do a complete reversal. So we're hoping that this is more preventative for you, or if you are dealing with a current challenge, let's get in there and understand the root cause of it. We explain that. He's going to do a, a deep dive on really getting to know why certain things are happening. And then we have some really cool solutions for you. So stay tuned until the end. Yeah. I, I think you can compare hair health to really any other health issue, right? It's always going to be easier to prevent or to catch it early on and start to reverse it before it's full fully blown into whatever issue you're worried about. So I appreciate that because yeah, at 37, I'm just like starting to see a couple things I'd like to improve in my hair. And mm-hmm. as always, I love like the inside out approach as well as the topical approach. It's like you're hitting so it from important. both angles. Yeah. Yeah. And for yeah. us, he's an amazing expert on like everything anti-aging. It's just like this is one of his or his real specialty, but he knows so much about anti-aging and longevity and Yeah, I had a pleasure having him on the show. Yes. If you are listening to the audio of this, he does end up holding up some of his products. And I think you should see him because he has such a great head of hair. And he went through his own struggles. That's how he got into this work. But he dealt with hair loss for a very long time. So it's really awesome to see the hard work that he um, went through and the end product, which is some really, really good hair. So um, just take a little sneak peek at YouTube if you get a chance. Okay. Faraz Khan is the founder of Fully Vital and host of the Anti-Aging Hacks podcast, a leading expert in the field of hair loss 
in women. He has dedicated his career to understanding the complex interplay of hormones, diet, and lifestyle on hair health. Faraz's work focuses on the molecular level of how testosterone and DHT affects hair follicles. His innovative thinking and empathetic approach have made him a sought-after voice in the field, helping countless individuals regain confidence and control over their hair health. His insights into hormonal imbalances, particularly around menopause, have contributed to a broader understanding of hair loss patterns in women. Whether through Fully Vitals products or his engaging podcast, Faraz continues to educate and inspire, making a tangible difference in the lives of many. I will say if you fall into that pre- or post-menopausal category, we'll have Faraz back on to address that specifically. There was just so much to cover, and I think this will be a really um, great intro to hair, but stay tuned for more. And also, if you're interested in any, in any of the fully vital products, he has offered us very graciously a discount code. The code is going to be Biohacker Babes, and that will give you a 15% discount. Discount. What did I say? Discount. <laughs> 15% discount at checkout. Check it out. All right, let's bring them on. Hey, Biohacker friends, before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to tell you real quick about a really exciting event coming up March 7th and 8th in LA. It's called Biohack Your Beauty. I will be there live. It's going to be an amazing two-day event. They are really combining aesthetics, biohacking, and holistic medicine all under one roof. So uh, I'll put more information in the show notes for today's episode so you can check that out, as well as a couple different discount codes. We have Early Bird. We have Family and Friends. Lots of great options. So go ahead and scroll down and grab your ticket today and hope to see you there. Welcome for us to the Biohacker Babes podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Lauren and Renee. So excited to be here. So excited to have you and talk hair and see your hair. It's nice to be on video. Um, you have a good business card going there. Thank you. <laughs> I got to. <laughs> yeah. Well, hair seems to be, be a very complex subject, and we're excited today because we're going to ask some very um, selfish question, questions for ourselves, but it seems like hair is both an aesthetic and a health conversation, and like, let's be real, I think most of us care somewhat, at the very least, about what our hair looks like, and you can't hide it unless you wear a hat all the time, and I do know some people that do that, but the most part, like you walk in a room, your hair is presentable. And so it ends up being this ref reflection of who we are, but also perhaps a reflection of our health in the same way that skin is. Is there a normative baseline for what hair should be as it relates to aging? Yeah, it's very interesting because all of us, especially women, love their hair in your teens and 20s and even 30s. It's like the pride and joy of your life. And they're applying 100 products every single day, it seems like, to make it, you know, poofy and bigger than it than it <laughs> is. And so more power to that and it becomes tied to your identity, for women at least. And for men, it would be, except that we started experiencing hair thinning in our early 20s. And so that thought of having the big hair kind of goes out the window when you start seeing your hands full of your hair. And so it's a very shocking uh, experience for a lot of men. And it's not <clears throat> talked about enough because it's so normal now having hair loss that society mm -hmm. just assumes that it's okay. You can shave your head off and it's, it's going to be fine. Um, but so for men, it's different as we age. So early twenties is when we start, even late teens, we start experiencing the aggressive hair loss that lead that comes from hormones. And then in our mid thirties, 
for the men that are not impacted by any of that stuff. They have good, healthy hair. And then in your 40s, it starts to thin because of aging. But for the other men that have been impacted by hormones, which is the number one cause of hair loss in men, then they could be bald by the time they're 25 or 30. And so it's it's shocking that it happens that early, but that's how these hormones actually work in men. For women, luckily, uh, they are it doesn't affect them as strongly, um, these hormones. And also, women never go bald in the entire head. So even if they do experience thinning, it's more diffuse thinning all over the scalp. And so it's much easier to hide. Not that you should be hiding your hair, but it's much easier to hide. And so in the way hair density works and the the way there's so many hairs laid out in, in the human head, it's very hard to tell that somebody's thinning from even five feet away. And so for women, um, they are blessed that they don't go fully bald, but it's also a big pain when they start losing hair. There's many reasons for hair loss. And so women have gorgeous hair in their teens, 20s, even 30s, they have really good hair. But then in, with, again, same as men in 40s, 50s, and beyond, it starts to get shorter. The number one question I get is, why won't my hair grow longer as I get older? And also gets thinner and also gets more damaged and it starts to break off more in their 40s. So again, all the products you're applying earlier in life can have an impact later on in life. And so that's the mm. thing to uh, focus on is you can have all the fun you want in your 20s, but then in your 40s, you might be struggling a little bit with your hair. Mm. And what's normal? Is there a normal aging process for hair? Like if you listen to David Sinclair, he says aging is optional or we don't have to age at all. So is it possible that hair loss doesn't have to happen at all? All things considered? Totally. It is possible. Now we can talk about the reasons that you're losing your hair. So for now, as we stand today, um, some of the reasons, many of the reasons for hair loss are age related especially in women, because women don't experience hair thinning in their 20s, even in their 30s, but in 40s and beyond, it starts to take hold. And there's multiple reasons. You can say hormones as they change in a woman's body by the age of 35, uh, thyroid conditions that start to show up, metabolic conditions that might start showing up. And so a lot of the root causes that are also similar to the aging process or related to the aging process start to impact your hair. So in a perfect world, if David Sinclair said, we're not going to age, that means your hair should not age either, right? We'll get there mm-hmm. when we find that chemical cocktail that he's been working on. But I would assume that once that's fixed, then, then hair loss is going to be fixed as well for women. For men, again, even that in, in when they're 18 or 19, they can experience rapid hair loss. So that's we need a different solution for that. It's not the aging problem. It's something else going on. But for women... Uh, if you go down the David Sinclair path, then you should have gorgeous hair in your 50s and 60s as well. Okay. That's the goal. Great. That's the goal. Yeah. So I can't help but think about my husband who's 37. He complains that his hair is just like growing so fast. And he's like, I always <laughs> have to get it cut. And so I'm always reminding him, I'm like, in like 10 or 20 years, you're going to look back and be like, oh, those were the days where like you couldn't control the hair growth. Mm-hmm. Um but so that's the male side. So female side, I would love to start maybe with more like the thinning and hair loss. Is that similar? Is thinning and yeah. hair loss a similar topic? And what's yeah, that's here? yeah. Women typically refer to hair loss as hair thinning because okay. again, they don't lose all of it in one area. It's more like diffuse loss, so they see thinner areas of the scalp. And so in the hair loss world, when women say hair thinning, it typically means hair loss. And so what happens is the number one reason for hair loss or hair thinning in women has to do with hormone imbalances. And let me explain what that is. So 
at age 35 and beyond, women's hormones start to change, estrogen and progesterone levels start to fall slowly and then more rapidly. As a result, it leads to a relative imbalance with testosterone. Testosterone converts to DHT or dihydrotestosterone, and that is the culprit that has been implicated in 40 years of hair research in um, the thinning of hair. So what dihydrotestosterone or DHT does, it travels up to your hair follicles and there's receptors on the hair follicles so it attaches to them and it starts to literally shrink them. So it's actually thinning out your hair. So that's why women call it hair thinning, which is very appropriate. So your hair shaft, a friend of mine called me, she's in uh, Minneapolis and she said, hey, I'm 48 and I'm losing my hair. What could it be? And so I said that one of the simplest things you could do is when you're in the shower next time and you're washing your hair, all the hairs you have in your hand, just stick them on the tile in the shower and then look at them. Leave them there, look at them for a day or two. And if you notice discrepancies in the width, so some hairs are thicker, some are thinner. This is typically caused by DHT. And that's what causes the thinning. And for men, it gets thinner and thinner and thinner and wispier and wispier until the hair can't even shoot out anymore. And so this is a progressive condition. This is the only type of hair loss that is permanent. So we want to be careful of this and we want to address this as soon as it happens. The other telltale sign for women is that you will see a part. Women typically part their hair down the middle. And so you'll see the part increasing. You'll see more of your scalp when you're looking at your part. And so that's also a very telltale sign or a pattern that this is a hormonal hair loss uh, going on in women. Now, as we get older, other conditions can also cause hair thinning. Nutritional deficiencies can also be a big one. Stress is a big one, either a big stress like a COVID stress or more ongoing work stress. Those are two different stressors and they impact the hair differently. Um, also, thyroid conditions and you know, gut health is very important for hair. So there's a myriad of conditions we can talk about. But the number one reason and the most important that every woman should be looking at right away is the hormonal aspect. Which is driven by stress, really, right? Yeah, it can be. be. Emotional stress, but environmental stress. And I'm just curious, like, could we test preventatively and see that there is um, an imbalance in those androgens? Because I'm assuming we could see even low testosterone, but if you're pushing more towards the androgenic DHT, yes. is that something that you could catch before you actually see something happening on your head? You can totally. So there are hormone tests that will tell you DHT levels circulating in your body. However, what's really interesting about hair loss is there's two different um aspects of this is the androgenic and the androgenetic. So androgenic means just the male hormones are being more aggressive towards the hair follicles, okay? Uh, the androgenetic aspect is that you have inherited genes that just make normal levels of circulating DHT, your hair more susceptible to normal levels. So even if you mm -hmm. did the blood test and you said, well, my levels are normal, it shouldn't be having hair loss, does not preclude you, does not mean that you cannot have hair loss because your hair is more susceptible to it. And interestingly, in women especially, many things can trigger hair loss suddenly. It's like it's dormant, 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 and then suddenly something happens. It could be high cholesterol levels. It could be having a baby. It could be having high stress. Suddenly it triggers, and now you have active hair loss going on. Hmm. Yeah, okay. makes sense. Yeah, I... I don't know if you can really see, but like, I definitely feel like it's like thinning in the front, but kind of like you said, you like, you know, it looks different from five feet away. For me, if I put my hair up in a ponytail, that's where I can really see the thinning. And I swear it happened after I turned like 35. I don't know. So maybe like hormones, um, which I am working on. So in speaking of stress, so you mentioned COVID 
So mm-hmm. are people seeing that as like a big driver of like you, immediate hair loss? Oh my God, you wouldn't believe. There's friends I have, female friends that got COVID and then three months this happened. So COVID is a big stressor to your body. Your body freaks out, thinks it's going to die. So it pulls a lot of the resources away from your hair follicles, which take up a lot of energy and are not necessary for survival. So it pulls all the blood flow and circulation and nutrients away from the hair towards the core organs to make sure you survive. So as a result of that, it all of your hair or a lot of your hair transitions from the hair growth phase to the resting phase. And for it to grow back again, it has to fall out and then grow back again. So two to three months after a big stressor, this could be COVID, this could be a surgery, this could be a big infection, a breakup, moving to a different city, many things, physiological or physical, can cause a big, big stress. You could lose 50, 60% of your hair. And for women, women have a lot of hair and it's long. So when it comes off, when bunches of hair comes off, fistfuls of hair, it's a big freak out moment. So I I met my friend for lunch and she was going through it actively. And, you know, we sat down for lunch, ordered her food. And I said, hey, how's it going? I looked up at her and there was tears flowing down her face. Mm-hmm. And she's going, I'm, I think I'm going to lose it all. I'm going to go bald. I'm starting to look at wigs. It's that scary. And in that one, one second, I knew exactly what she was going through because I've suffered from hair loss for 20 years. So I know how devastating it is. But also for a woman, society doesn't, you know, for a man, you shave it off. Nobody really looks, you know. But for women, it's not normalized. It's not normal. And mm-hmm. so it it's even even more so, more problematic. So, so again, mm-hmm. that is what happens with a big stressor like COVID. You lose a lot of your hair suddenly. Um, and technically... All of that should grow back. Now, there are a couple of things. Naturally, they should grow back, but there are a couple of things that can prevent it. Not, well, number one is, are, do you have a hormonal hair loss active at the moment? Because if the hormonal hair loss is active, then it will prevent some of those hairs from growing back. So you will not get the full hair to come back. Number two is aging a factor as well, because as we age, it's less efficient for hairs to grow back. And so that might even block some of your hairs from coming back into the hair growth phase. So we just want to be careful and we want to do a bunch of things when you have that kind of a loss um, through COVID or others. Mm. So what would you say is the first step nutritionally or even just lifestyle to get that stress under control? I'm assuming the cytokine storm is a part of that, which is going to upregulate Probably totally. the DHT, right? So how do how do we find homeostasis quickly? <laughs> or what what that's is a, the easiest path for A to B from a lifestyle a perspective? Question. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And so when you begin for hair loss, what I recommend is it's important to find out the root cause of what's causing your hair loss. Because if it's COVID, then we handle that way differently than if it's a hormone problem or it's an ongoing stress problem, right? Or if it's uh, thyroid hypothyroid conditions. And so it's important to kind of understand where you're at. And it's not that difficult, actually, to to figure out where you're at. Um, If you recently went vegan, that can have nutritional impacts on your hair loss, because nutrition does also impact hair loss. So once we find root cause of what's going on, then you address that root cause. And then it's it, it can be it can be quick. You can have results quickly. For example, in the case of nutritional hair loss, if that's what's causing it, the big five nutrients for nutritional hair loss are vitamin D3, folate, B12, zinc, and iron, right? If you went vegan, you're at risk for three out of those five, maybe four. And so we want to make sure that's addressed. And so once you figure out what's actually going on, what's causing this, then we can have 
uh, solutions that can address the root causes, which will fix the hair loss. Uh, many times for women, it's multifactorial, meaning there's two things at the same time. There's hormonal loss and you're vegan. So now we have to address both of them. That's the reason that people have a hard time figuring out what to do because they're going to try the one serum and the serum does not you know, replenish your iron levels or doesn't give you what you're lacking in the vegan diet. And so that's why there's such hit and miss in this in this space is because you're not understanding what's causing it. Um, so my suggestion is if you are trying to figure out what's causing your hair loss, you're not quite sure, then go with an approach. If you're not going to take the time to maybe figure out what's causing it, then go with an approach that is that encompasses many different things at once. So you're throwing the kitchen sink at it. Uh, in that way, you make sure to address many, many, many root causes. So you're not leaving you know, the vegan behind or you're not missing out on the hormones or what have you. So that's where those are two different approaches I recommend is one, be specific, find out what it is. Let's address that. Let's give it eight to 10 weeks. Um, but if you're not going to take the time to do that, get a whole bunch of things, do that at the same time. And then at least you're getting results and you're not getting tired of trying one pill or one serum for 10 weeks. And now you're like, nothing works. I'm, I'm going to have to shave my head. I need a mat. I need a wig. Uh, it can be quite frustrating and challenging. Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like that goes for so many beauty things. We often jump to these outside approaches, external approaches, right? Mm -hmm. We need the inside out or the kitchen sink, as you said. They should have tested hair follicles in that Netflix documentary. Did you see it? The, the twin limitless? experiment? You are what you eat. I did not see that one. No. No, I liked Limitless. We liked Limitless. There, uh, oh, this was good. There's a new docuseries on Netflix where they compare twins because they're the most genetically identical and they split them into vegan and carnivore diets omnivore omnivore sorry omnivore. yeah and they how should did have tested go? their hair well it was it was kind of a big push for the plant-based movement they're missing kind of okay. some big nuances especially when it comes to nutrients but it would have been interesting to look at hair that would have been interesting yeah yeah the hair doesn't yeah. lie yeah ah. well also I feel like, I, I mean, I maybe I'm biased to go towards the root cause approach because we're in, you know, the functional medicine space. But totally. if you find the root cause of the hair loss, I would imagine many other things in your body and in your health are going to improve, right? Like yes. I'm sure you're having some uh, fatigue or skin issues or gut issues. There's probably something else that you're experiencing. So if you get the root cause of the hair loss, you'll get benefits everywhere. 100%. The hair, so I'll say this, the hair is the most expendable organ in your body and also takes up the most energy. So if if all of your hairs on your head was a single hair, it would grow 200 feet every single day. It's wild. Whoa. It's it's <laughs> Rapunzel. It's dividing so much. It's there's so much activity, there's so much division, and that's why things can go wrong because there's a lot of as you know when mitochondria create energy there's byproducts that get created. These are called ROS. Um, and these ROS or oxidative stress molecules can then damage the mitochondria back to the factory that created them, thereby causing your mitochondria to be less effective and you to have less energy and age faster over time. And so addressing the root causes is very important, making sure that you're supporting the follicles and we'll get into what causes gray and antioxidants that you can do or take uh, to support that process of getting the ROS away from the most rapidly dividing organ in your body uh, can be helpful. That's crazy. I didn't know how it, it had so much energy. So let's talk about graying hair that is primarily sure. driven by oxidative stress. So there's multiple reasons for it. 
Um, but if we look at the mechanics of what's happening behind the scenes, there's uh, stem cells that are melanocyte stem cells. These are just the stem cells for color. Then there's the actual melanocytes. These are the cells that migrate from the stem cell niche and are at the base of the hair follicles that are pumping out the pigment into your hair. So these are the two things that are very, very important to kind of keep track of. So what happens as we get older, we generate more hydrogen peroxide, which is experts say the number one reason for going gray. Um, women probably know about hydrogen peroxide because they use it in their coloring or bleaching products and to get the color into their into their hair. Um, it can also damage the hair, by the way, which is a we can go down that rabbit hole later. But hydrogen peroxide is made by every cell in your body in the process of creating energy. And so there are your body also has mechanisms like glutathione and, and catalase that can get rid of the hydrogen peroxide and convert it into water, which is harmless. But again, as we get older, there's more hydrogen peroxide in the cells and there's less antioxidants to get rid of it. And so that is one of the root causes of gray hair is getting more hydrogen peroxide. The other root causes are the stem cells kind of die out that are that are helping create the pigment producing cells. So those can die out. The third one is that you get more damage from environment and or too much, you know, if you're sitting in the sun for three or four hours, you know, every weekend, that can damage the, some of the cells that are creating the pigment. So you want to protect against the environmental stressors, radiation, um, but also give it all the antioxidant support that it needs. And then lastly, the activity of the enzyme. So there's enzymes that create the pigment, right, inside the cells. The activity of them slows down with age as well. So there's ways you can, there's things you can do orally, but also topically to increase the activity of the enzymes so that they're producing more color. Mm. Okay. Radiation. I know that's just one of many. Is that what you're thinking, Lauren? I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, I never protect my hair from the sun. What? <laughs> well, from the yeah. sun, but I'm also thinking like I travel a lot. I fly mm. a lot and that's a lot of radiation exposure. Yes. So maybe I need to up my antioxidants more for that. <laughs> uh, it would be, it would be beneficial and helpful if you can shield some of your cells. There are some biohackers in, in this space that go crazy in airplanes, but uh, like I have but, a lamb's beanie. I, yeah. I don't know if that would do anything to the hair follicles. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. We've been thinking sure. of coming up with a travel supplement. We just need to do that for ourselves, Renee. Yeah, yeah. I think we there we do. go. So before you travel, it would be helpful to have more antioxidants. You can choose one of the great antioxidants out there. Um, I love alpha lipoic acid. That's a really good one as well. It can cross the blood brain barrier. That's the one that we use in our anti-gray supplement. Um, because it's a master antioxidant and it can help the body create even more antioxidants by itself. Mm. Okay. More than glutathione. You so like glutathione is also super good. Uh, I love both of those. That is why we've also added a precursor to glutathione just to cover both the bases. Uh, L-serine, it's an amino acid that when given in concentrations, it helps increase glutathione levels in the bloodstream. And so we, we're doing both and vitamin C as well, of course. Okay. Yeah. Need all Great those. question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and how quickly do you typically see like a reversal of gray hair when people yeah, start it, focusing on this? It takes, you'll see with the topical serum, you'll start to see results in about 30 days, but I want to encourage people to give it about 60 to 90 days for the full results because it does take a little bit of time. Um, but yeah, it, it can be quite uh, beneficial especially when you're in the early stages of gray. Let's say you have less than 30%, less than 50% gray. Ideally, if you're just starting to go gray, you start using this, 
it'll, you know, it'll go back to natural color. But if you have less than 30%, it can still be quite effective. Not saying that it's going to, you know, go back to complete natural color because that's a little bit hard to do. And it also has to do with how you're living your life and the antioxidant, you know, um, the oxidative stress you're incurring every single day with the products that you use, with the water you drink, with the air you breathe, all of those things that I'm sure you talk about all the time. And so it's important to have a baseline healthy set of habits, uh, healthy lifestyle, and then uh, these these products can be quite beneficial. Got it. At what point is it too late to reverse it? And would you be kind of wasting your money? Maybe. Yeah. I would say that if you're 50% or more gray, then you can see some benefit. You can certainly see delay in the rest of your hairs going gray. So the other aspect is it delays existing hairs from going gray as well. Um, at most ages and so you can get that benefit but at over 50 percent, if you expect to go you know a full head of dark hair or back to blonde it's probably not going to happen at this stage yeah i feel like that's actually more uncomfortable for people to be in that middle zone or maybe for women specifically i think men like the salt and pepper women like the salt and pepper on the men but for women yeah. it's like i want to be all one color yeah i'm either gonna be all gray or gonna be all i know my, I'm, my original. I'm always I'm always curious if women even go gray because you never see a woman with any gray in their hair. It just looks perfectly normal and natural. And you see guys all the time or men all the time. And there's tons and tons of gray and you go, yeah, that's normal. But women color their hair every six to eight weeks. And so, you know, as a man, it's so I, hard I'm, to I'm tell sure. what's yeah. real. Yeah. Right. yeah. Unless you're a uh, silver liberation. What, what, oh, yeah. Know? I forget her first name. Yeah. She's rocking the beautiful rocking rocking the, gray. the gray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I'm only at like 5%. So I think it's a good time for me to <laughs> jump on. And I haven't dyed my hair. I have never dyed my hair. I've been wow. like, I'm waiting until the day I need to, because I'm worried about like the chemicals and and maybe you can speak to this. Do the yes. chemicals in the hair, like, I guess there's organic hair dye better options now, but like, is that damaging the hair long-term? Yes. What's up, biohackers? Do you know if you're getting enough magnesium? Because four out of five Americans are not. And that's a big problem because magnesium is involved in more than 500 biochemical reactions in your body and probably many, many more. So today we want to talk to you about the most common signs to look for that could indicate that you are magnesium deficient. Listen carefully because there's going to be a special offer happening at the end. But here's the list. Are you irritable or anxious? Do you struggle with insomnia? Do you experience muscle cramps or twitches? Do you have high blood pressure? Are you constipated sometimes? There are dozens of symptoms of magnesium deficiency, but really these are the top and most common ones we see today. Now, what most people don't know is you can't just run to the store and grab any magnesium supplement off the shelf because a lot of them actually don't work. They're using really cheap magnesium and then your body can't even absorb it. And that's why we really like recommending Magnesium Breakthrough. It's full-spectrum magnesium. It has seven unique forms of magnesium in it, and then your body can actually use those and absorb them. And what's really cool about Bioptimizers in general, if you don't like the supplements, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. They're so confident behind all of their products that they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. So if you're concerned about your magnesium levels and you want to give it a try, head over to bioptimizers.com slash biohackerbabes. I'll put that in the show notes too, so it's easy to find. And then use promo code at checkout, biohackerbabes10. That will get you a discount. Plus, if you act fast before they run out, they are offering two travel size bottles of the Magnesium Breakthrough with 
your order. All right. So bioptimizers.com slash biohackerbabes. All right. Let's get back to the show. Absolutely. It's damaging the hair long-term. You can see this with women that have used a lot of bleach early on in their life. You'll see how damaged and how dry the hair becomes because the cuticles and the keratin fibers that hold the hair strands together start to break apart and become more porous, which means that other things can get in and they can damage the DNA inside of those cells. Um, so that's very important. As we mentioned, hydrogen peroxide, which is producing every cell of your body, is also the chemical agent that is used to dye your hair. So it saturates into your cuticle, goes in there, and it repigments all of your hair. Over time, that can cause a lot of damage. It also causes oxidative stress to the hair strand itself. Now, that's dead, that's fine, but still it damages the cuticle so that now it's more porous, other things can get in, and your hair will fall off. In addition, the way your hair gets shiny and oils travel down your scalp is from your is from your scalp. Oils will travel all the way down, which is why straighter hair like Asian hair or even Caucasian hair gets enough of those oils to go down. And African hair has more of a challenge because it's it's very curly. And so the oils can't travel easily. That's why African hair is more dry. But Caucasian hair and Asian hair can be um can get those oils to go down as well. So it, it, it's more healthy. It doesn't break off as easily. But when you're doing these treatments, then you're impeding the flow of oil down the hair strand, which means that your hair is gonna be drier, which means now it can start to break off from the middle. So if you have long hair, it starts to break off down the middle, and then you're gonna start complaining of, hey, my hair is not growing long, it's dry, it's damaged. So as much as possible, I, I love where your head was going, Renee, just use natural, um, products, if you can, natural dyeing products, or consider just being, you know, gray. Yeah. You know, just commit all the way. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. or use some spermidine. Lauren and I have been kind of experimenting with spermidine, and I feel like that reverses my grays pretty quickly. And I stopped taking it for a little bit, and the grays, I feel like, came back so fast. So, yeah. What are your it's, thoughts on spermidine? You a fan? I, I, I'm a fan. We've actually added spermidine to our anti-gray supplement for that reason. Okay. Because there's anecdotal reports of people getting, you know, gray hair reversal, but it's not uniform. It's like some people are getting it, others have no benefit or no effect. So it's, okay. um, again, it's all anecdotal, but it's hit or miss. And so we included it just to make sure, just to cover the basis of whatever it's doing. We're not sure what it's doing. Um, for the grays at least, but it's helping provide some kind of homeostasis or balance into the body. And that's what, at the end of the day, the body does what it does best because it knows what to do. And the only challenge is sometimes aging causes that homeostasis to not be normal, which means then, you know, we can get the grays and we can get the wrinkles. And so that's why we've added along with the antioxidants and along with the other vitamins and minerals. Mm. Okay. So the spermidine is now in the gray support, which is it's called enhanced youth. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what it looks like. So it's primarily for graying hair, not for thinning hair. No, no. So we've got two different lines. There's the enhanced hair, which has a supplement and a serum and a derma roller and a hairbrush. That is the, the combination of four products together that stimulate hair follicles again for hair growth. And then we've got a targeted line, which is a supplement and a serum, which is the enhanced youth which has both of the ingredients. Again, like we talked about, protect the cells, uh, protect the DNA breaks that happens in the cells because of radiation, um, help in or reduce the effects of hydrogen peroxide, 
help provide more antioxidants, help increase the activity of the enzymes that actually create pigment. So it's a whole different, even though they're hair, it's a whole different use case and a whole different set of pathways we have to go after. Mm -hmm. Got it. So ideally, if we do the topical and the oral, that's going to give us the best results. All things considered for following the lifestyle stuff as well. What about additional biohacks like red light or any like physical agitation of the scalp? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of brushing. So grandma likely told you, I don't know if yours did, mine certainly did, to brush my hair 100 times every single day, even though I'm not a woman. Women typically relay this tale. Uh, At least my grandma would say, brush your hair all the time, brush your hair every day. And so- I never brush my hair. (laughs) Oh my God, okay. But I have my grandmother's brush. Perfect, there we go. So we believe grandma was right, but with a caveat, she meant brush everything, your scalp and your hair. So what it does, brushing your scalp, there's a lot of benefits to this. One, it increases a lot of circulation and blood flow to your scalp, which brings nutrients, oxygen, iron, all the good things that are required for your hair follicles to flourish, number one. Number two, it also transports your cell, the, the sebum from your scalp all the way down the hair. So your hair get shinier and they look healthier. So that's the other benefit. And that is why uh, I'm a big fan of brushing your scalp. We actually recommend anybody that's using our products to brush 200 times, brush the scalp really vigorously 200 times every every day, and then apply the serum because it activates the blood flow, it gets circulation, and it gets a little bit of redness, which is all good. It's excellent for hair growth. Coming back to the other point you said, it doesn't seem to have as much of a benefit for grays as it does for hair growth. Or thicker hair. I just want to say, I feel like for people that are experiencing hair thinning, that may feel a little scary. Like it's falling out. It's it's sensitive. I don't want to like touch it. Totally. I I was. I have stories that will make you cringe about how little I touched my hair. I would just kind of like you know not even brush it when I was going to work. I would just use my fingers and go, okay, it's it's good enough. Don't touch it because every time you touched it, you'd see ten of them fall down, and it's devastating. It breaks your little heart, right? It break. It would break my heart, and. What I realized is that it's a big myth. The hairs that are falling out when you touch them are already disconnected. The hair cycle, there's three different phases of the hair cycle. And the only phase that hair falls out is in the last phase where it's already disconnected. It's gone. It's not in the hair growth phase anymore. So mm-hmm. when women get on our program, we actually get them to dermaroll or microneedle their hair once a week. We get them to brush their hair 100 to 200 times a day. We have you know supplement, vitamins. Uh, as well as a serum that helps support all this. So we're going after it very aggressively. And so, yes, you will lose hair for the first couple of weeks when you start aggressively brushing your scalp, but that will slow down and then stop in just two two to four weeks. All of it will stop, and then you won't lose hair anymore, which will be such a relief for you when you brush your hair and like two fall out instead of 30. It's going to change everything for you. Mm. Yeah, thanks for the clarification, yeah. Totally. And then coming back to the other question you had asked me about red light therapy. So we all know red light therapy is amazing for the skin. I use it every single day for my face and body. Um, On the hair, there seems to be some data which suggests that it's helpful. I I would assume that it's helpful because it increases mitochondrial activity and more energy in and off your cells, which is a big plus anywhere you use it. The studies, though, are a little bit interesting because all the studies were done between the summer and fall, and what happens to the human hair cycle is we go through shedding of 10 to 15% going into fall as weather changes, uh, and this goes back you know, thousands of years, 
And so what they did in the studies is they used they started the study in the summer. So the red light protected your hair from falling out, so elongated the hair cycle. And then in winter, they might say, well, see, we regrew 20% more hair and the people that use the therapy, they didn't regrow 20% more hair. They just saved it from falling out. It will fall out because that's part of the hair cycle. It'll fall out later, just not at that time. So again, that's a little bit of a grain of salt with the studies, but overall, I'm a supporter of red light therapy. If you're going to use it for your hair, just get a cheap cap. Don't spend thousands of dollars on these helmets and whatever else they're selling. The technology is Quite simple. It's a wavelength and it's an LED. It doesn't have to be all that expensive for your hair. Mm, okay. Okay. Do you have a favorite brand for there one of those? One that I, yeah, there was one that I bought, a laser cap. Um, it's not hair. I do use it uh, once in a while. It's called Laser Cap or the Laser Cap Company. I think if you I've just heard Google of that. Laser Cap, yeah, that's yeah. the one. It's a, it's a hat. Again, I think I bought it for 500 bucks, which seemed like a lot to me. And um, in the future, if I need to do it, I might just get it from Alibaba or something. But <laughs> just say, yeah. like, you don't need to spend $1,000 on a technology that's quite simple. Yeah. Got it. And if okay. you already have a light panel, obviously, we're not going to get the, the roundness of the helmet. But if you could put it on kind of your your problem areas. Yeah. Yeah. I, good. If you can, if you're able to. I mean, you might have to lay down in front of yeah. it. We had to get into interesting positions, but <laughs> exactly. listen, we're but, all working on our mobility, right? There we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, I, actually, I, I just got a red light. This is funny timing. It's a, I guess it's a red light helmet, but they mm-hmm. sent it to me to test out more for like mental clarity, memory, cognition, focus, and things like that. But it's going to be sitting on my hair. So I'm curious if it will have a dual <laughs> purpose there. Maybe I'll it, do some before and after photos just for fun and see. Yeah, totally. You should. It depends yeah. on the frequency of the light. Ah, um, okay. Yeah. So there's six, 640 nanometer and then 860 nanometer. Those are the two frequencies, wavelengths that are helpful for the cytochrome C oxidase increase in the mitochondria, which helps create more energy in the cells. I think it's coming back to that energetic standpoint and blood flow standpoint that, that how th- these are working for hair growth. And so I'd be curious as to what modality they're using, what the frequency is, and more importantly, what results you get. Yeah. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. check what the frequency is on that. I'm not sure. Because I know they're they're kind of claiming it's increasing cerebral blood flow, which is helping with your memory, things like that. So totally. all right. Stay tuned on that. I want to ask you about the oil oil concern. I feel like my hair gets very oily. I know par- yeah. part of it is that I like to put hand lotion on and then I touch my hair a lot. Yeah. So then I end up wanting to wash my hair probably more than I should. What are your thoughts on how often we should actually be washing our hair? Um, If you are undergoing hair thinning, active hair thinning, then you can wash your hair every single day. It's safe to wash your hair every single day, theoretically, okay? For women, I would just say that, like for me, right? I get a haircut. Presumably men get a haircut way sooner or uh, our hairs cycle out much faster than women because you're going to grow your hair long. It's going to take years for the hair strand to grow out. And so you want to keep that strand protected as much as possible. And so it's important for for women to be more careful with using products that could be harming them. And I'm talking all of the range. I'm talking coloring products or bleaching products, but also other products you spray on uh, and the shampoos that you use. I know both of you are very, very careful about stuff. So make sure there's no parabens, no benzoates, no phthalates. None of the bad stuff that can harm your hair follicles. Even with that said, um, 
applying more friction to the hair, like even brushing it, or sorry, brushing your hair too much, not the scalp brushing your hair too much, and also towel drying it with a rough towel can start to cause friction with your hair fibers and your hair strands. Mm. So it's very important to be gentle. And one of the ways that you can damage your hair follicles is when you're brushing it with a towel and when you're washing it and you're really rubbing it in. So if you don't have hair loss going on, then try to wash your hair a couple of times a week. Don't do it every other day if possible. If you do have hair loss, then wash it more frequently because we want to clean the scalp, make it super healthy. And then once we go back your hair, then you can go back to a more relaxed schedule. When it comes to, I guess, the follow-on I would have for you is, is your hair getting oily or is your scalp getting oily? Mm, my hair. Okay. Yeah, I don't so, think it's my scalp. No, I actually feel like my scalp tends to be more dry. I think it's really just just the hair. And, and like I said, maybe it's just because I touch my hair a lot with lotion yeah, on my hands. It, if your scalp is dry, then that is not causing your hair to go oily. Typically, the hair travels down or the oil travels down from the scalp to the ends of the hair. That's what makes it shiny and oily. And so if that's not the problem, then you have a different problem, which is you're putting it on with your hands. So that is something- Stop touching my hair. <laughs> stop, stop touching your hair. And or just be, you don't have hair loss going on. So what if it's a little bit more shiny or oily? It actually looks good. There's oil shining off the hair. I don't know. It might be a good thing. Okay. You do have very shiny hair. And I'm jealous of that, Renee. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. You got a great shine. Okay. See? Yeah. Overblown. Concern is overblown. Okay, done. Thank you. Well, for we that. always want our hair to be a little bit different than it is, right? Yeah. Like anything else, it's easier to recognize something positive in someone else. And yeah. I feel like I have well, maybe the, the other problem. Like very I, shiny. Uh, I don't think it's as shiny as yours, but thank you. I'll take the compliment. <laughs> I feel like I, to come back to the product comment, I actually may go the opposite extreme where I don't use anything. I've been quite lazy with my hair and I'm wondering if that's worked for me or maybe against me, or maybe I'm just somewhere in the middle, but I don't use hair products, even the ones that could potentially like support healthy hair. Mm -hmm. If you're not having issues with your hair, then you don't need to use a product, right? Uh, I would say that the average woman uses up to 20 chemicals on their face or scalp before they head out the door in the morning, which is a problem because we've never had this in the history of humanity. And now you're putting it on the scalp, scalp and the skin, and they're having all kinds of reactions. Some, mm -hmm. many of them we know about, but some others we don't. What if we find in the future that some other ingredients had problems? So yeah. if you're not having any issues with your hair and you're happy with your hair, by all means, stick with it. Um, the only caution I would I would have for you is that just make sure your scalp is clean. So the, the way you wash your face, it has to be clean. All the makeup comes off, right? To to maintain the healthy face and to maintain the like breathability of the skin. That's also important for the scalp. So just make sure the scalp mm. is not too dirty for too long because then it can shift and you can start losing your hair. You don't want to get to that position either. Okay, then that's my challenge for sure because I hate washing my hair. Sometimes I wash it once a week because I'm lazy in that way. <laughs> Yeah, and I have dark hair, so you can't really see the oil or the dirt. Like I can get away with murder here in my head. <laughs> hey, you're That's saving a lot here. of saving a lot of time by not having to wash your hair. I am. Totally. I'm saving time and water, all things that Jeremy makes up for in his products and <laughs> <in> his shower. <laughs> there we go. Duration. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm gonna kind of put, asking for a friend because you mentioned before, like all those products that we use early in our 20s really do have an effect later for a man that is 
not currently struggling with any hair loss, but worried about it, is that quite a danger to be using those products? Or I guess how much of it is genetic? Uh, like, how do we know what's right for us, for the men? Yeah, totally. Lives? So for the, for the men, it's quite easy to see you, the quality of your hair, right? If you are, I think Jeremy's in his 30s, I believe. Um, he's your age. Oh, is he? Okay. Well, mm -hmm. he's a good looking man. So <laughs> good for him. Now, when, when you've and you've got a good head of hair too. So when you have that quality of your hair in your 40s, that's a great sign. That means you're not afflicted with what a lot of the population of men are afflicted by, which is the DHT-induced hair loss early on. I started my hair loss when I was 19, like my testosterone was peaking and my hair loss was peaking. So that's how it goes. Uh, but if he survived that and his hair is still intact and it's pretty good, then chances are he'll have very good hair for the rest of his life. Now, what hmm. could impact that is the aging process and the chemicals the environmental stressors that are he's putting onto the scalp. So this is partly, you know, being caused by himself or the products that he's using. So again, he's in your household, so you can look at all the products that he's using or he can and make sure they have clean ingredients. That goes a long way in trying to figure that out. So if, if they're using clean ingredients, he should be good to go. Again, if he likes to use the mousses, the, the gels, the everything else that men do when they have good hair, you can go for it because the hair follicle at the end of the day is dead. And if you're using, uh, or not the follicle, but the hair strand is dead. So if you're using clean products, it's not going to really impact anything, right? And right. also for men, we cut our hairs pretty often. So the turnover rate is also good, which means you're not damaging the entire strand for long periods mm -hmm. of time, which also works in our favor. The only thing I would be uh, watching out for Jeremy is that the aging is going to start to thin his hair out. And then there's going to be less hairs growing back. So if you see his temples starting to recede and or, you know, the front starting to recede, there's things you can do to kind of grow that back and make sure it stays strong. Okay. That uh, Yeah, great. That answers the question. So you just need to get the cleaner products in that are not damaging or drying out the hair, but he has the advantage of a quicker hair cycle because he's a man. Yeah. And the, the first chance of you noticing anything, any re recession or receding of the hairline or the temples, just act on it. The sooner you act, the better results you will get. If you wait 10 years and it's like halfway down to the back, then it's going to be much harder. Yeah. No, he has great hair. He's very lucky, but he's also like concerned about his hair. I'm like, well, right now it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. He's yeah. good. He's going to be good for a long time. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. And are there cleaner hair products for men? Like I haven't even looked into that because like I feel like for women now we have all the clean makeup and personal care products and hair products like for men. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, these companies that are creating beautiful, healthy products for women, they'll create one line. There's 10 <laughs> lines for women and like one line for men as an yeah. afterthought. Even so, we'll take it. We'll take it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so there are Companies like Beauty Counter that have very, very, very clean products, very well tested, huge databases. That's what I use. I use yeah. Beauty Counter. Yeah. I like Beauty Counter. So I don't know if they have a shampoo. I use their body wash. Um, if they have a shampoo, I would recommend using that. They do. Uh, they have shampoo and conditioner, which I've been using for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And just over time with it being in the shower, my husband's been using it for probably five Perfect. years. Just because I was like, I'm not buying you your own shampoo and conditioner. And, and yeah. he likes it. So there we go. It's super yeah. clean. So that's something you could yeah. do. There's also other companies like Tree Two Tub um, that have clean ingredients. For if any man or woman is losing their hair and they want a shampoo that's more of hair loss based shampoo, 
I would say the number one ingredient to look for is caffeine in your shampoo because in studies, caffeine has shown to stop the thinning from DHT and help create longer hair, which means give it more life, allow it to live longer than the DHT would. Uh, and so that's something I would recommend. Again, a shampoo is the least um, productive item in your um, in your hair care journey and your hair care products. It's the least effective because it's on your scalp for so little time. But if you are actively thinning and you're using a caffeine-based shampoo or a hair growth shampoo, then leave it on for eight to ten minutes. Make sure it absorbs in the scalp properly. Don't just you know put it on, lather off, and and then just uh, wash it off right away. That's Got interesting. It. I didn't know about that. Is that because of the antioxidant properties for caffeine? Yeah, it's been tested to be anti-DHT. So they did a study oh. uh, many years ago where they tested the effects of DHT versus caffeine and without caffeine. And of course, without caffeine, it shrunk the hair follicle. And then the same study, caffeine and DHT together, it did not shrink the hair follicle. And in other studies, they oh. found that caffeine specifically can. Uh, go into the hair follicles and be absorbed pretty rapidly, even with a shampoo formulation. You don't just need a serum, uh, even with a shampoo formulation. So that's what I recommend for uh, shampoo, have caffeine in it at the minimum, if if not more. But that's what I gauge it from in the beginning. Uh, and then, of course, you can also have caffeine in your hair growth serum, for example, which is more part of your daily routine. And looking at your ingredients now, I didn't catch that before. It says it right there. Caffeine. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, caffeine's important. That's why it's included in our ingredients. Awesome. What yeah. about now that I'm looking at the ingredients, and then I would love to do like a full overview of your line, but melatonin kind of jumped out off the page at me. Yeah, topical melatonin. Well, melatonin, as we know, is, an, is a powerful antioxidant. And topical melatonin has been shown in multiple studies, especially for women, to have um, to reduce hair fall, to reduce hair loss, and also help increase hair counts. And so for that reason, we've included the the right the exact percentages percentages of melatonin that were found to be effective and efficacious in those studies. So not only is it the antioxidant effect, but also helps with more hair, healthier hair. So we're, we've added it as, as something um, that we're proud of. Very cool. So cool. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of really interesting novel ingredients in here. I know. So I will say this, in our hair growth serum, at least, hairs are what our competition does. Our competition sells you 30 ml, right? It's like one ounce bottles, which it's not the same. Your hair or your scalp is not the same as your face. You can use maybe a 30 ml bottle for the whole month, every night, and it's fine. But a lot of your serum that you're applying to your hair actually goes into your hair strands and it doesn't reach the scalp. So you need more, I would say, uh, that on the hair than you need on the face. So that's why our serum is 55 ml. It's almost double what our competitors are doing because you just need more product on the scalp. In addition, we've got 14 actives in our ingredients, 14 actives that are that have been shown to have benefits for hair growth or hair thickness or hair density. And other companies, it's just like the beauty industry. If you know anything about it, they take one star ingredient, a couple of supporting ingredients, and then that's it. That All the marketing is about that, right? Um, yeah. we are on the side of let's go after a lot of pathways. Let's go after a lot of actives. As long as there's proven scientific data behind them, let's include many of them so that we go after it and we get the best results possible for you. So that's what we've done. I'm super proud uh, of, you know, the, the work that we've done in, uh, in creating this hair serum. Oh yeah. We've hold them all done. up. And if huh? you are just hold the, hold them up. Okay. And if you're just yeah. listening on Apple or Spotify, you can go over to YouTube 
to see, or you can go right to the website, fullyvital.com. Yeah. So this is the hair growth line. We're about to change the packaging for this. We changed this packaging to white and gold. Looks pretty. better. It's very and pretty. Then, Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then for the for the gray line, this is the packaging for the serum. It's black and gold. And then here's the supplement. So these go together and they're more coordinated right now. Yeah. Perfect. So basically have the oral for the thinning and the gray, the serum for both, and you can get them together, which is going to be your best bet. Yeah, totally. So uh, anybody listening as a woman that has is experiencing hair thinning or wants to get better hair and is serious about it, I highly, highly recommend getting the three-month bundle. That is our most common skew that we sell product that we sell especially for the more serious folks if you just want to try something and you want to get the supplement or the serum totally go for it but if you're serious and you want to spend three to four months on focusing on your hair then the three-month bundle has everything you need it has so many pathways we're going after it has all the four products together and the other thing i would say that differentiates us from the competition is that the hair growth cycle takes about 90 days because like i said there's three phases hair has to fall out then it has to grow back it takes a little bit of time for you to even notice that it's coming back the baby hairs and so other companies will sell you products and give you a 30-day money-back guarantee well that's not going to tell you or show you anything right the only thing that you'll find out is that you're allergic or not because it takes seven days to get the product and then you start using it you have 23 days if you are on it every single day we have a four-month money-back guarantee 120 days because we want to make sure that you are seeing results. And uh, we do get some returns. It's a very small percentage, but then we refund all their money because mm. we only want to 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 be, you know, you to be a customer if we get your results. That's it. Yeah. That's that also awesome. reinforces the importance of compliancy, right? Because a lot of us want a quick fix and you take it for a month and you're like, it didn't work. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> it takes longer than that. Yeah. Unfortunately yeah. for hair, it takes longer. I wish it was easier. Um, but some things in life just take a little bit longer and hair is mm-hmm. one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And, and how often do you recommend using both serums or one yeah. of the serums? Uh, consistency is super key, especially when you're starting off. Like think about this as you trying to lose 15 pounds of weight or, you know, a man trying to gain 15 pounds of muscle in the gym. It just takes a little bit of time. Right. And while you're at it to get to the results, you have to be more consistent But once you get to where you want to be, once you get your hair growth, once you get new baby hairs coming, once you feel more satisfied and happy, then you can start to slow down. You can say, okay, I'm going to switch to the supplement only just as a maintenance, and I'm going to use the serum two times a week, once a week. And I'm going to use the roller once every two weeks, once every month. So you can start to ease up on the full system as time goes on. But in the beginning, we want you to be very, very consistent every single day, doing it, adding it to your routine, because a lot of women and men will spend time on their face, but they'll ignore their scalp. So we want scalp care to be an important part of your daily that's routine. <laughs> yeah, that's you. Yeah. You don't use any. Yeah, I'm going to start brushing my hair as soon as we get off. <laughs> there we go. And use a wood bamboo brush. It's easy. It's natural. doesn't have any plastics in it. So it'll help. Okay. Awesome. Great. This okay. is so helpful. I learned so much about my hair. Yeah. Um, I, I have one more question about a really cool ingredient. Can you talk about copper peptides? Totally, totally. I love copper peptides. There's a lot of data on how important copper is, but also the peptide combination of GHKCU and how that's being um, gaining the prominence that it needs to be gaining because it's a very cool ingredient. In scientific studies, 
copper peptide has been shown to reduce again the effects of DHT, but that's only part of the story. So we want the DHT to be reduced, which is very, very important for hair growth, uh, both in men and women, because we know that the number one reason for hair loss is DHT related. But the benefits go much further. In studies, they found that copper peptides have turned on and off genes, up to 4,000 genes in the human genome just by applying it. And these are all wow. positive genes. They help increase skin thickness, skin elasticity, help the collagen elastin. So it's helping your skin in a variety of ways, in ways that we don't even know about right now, but it's turning on a lot of genes. And a lot of beauty formulators are now using copper peptides in their face serums. So that is also great to see because it's got data for the face as an antioxidant as well. And so I'm a big fan of it. What we had to do with copper peptides is we had to make sure that... Um, so one, one last thing I'll say about the serum is that it's very important for if you're going to be consistent that the serum dry off, right? If you're going to use something on your scalp that makes it uh, sticky or oily, then you're not you're going to need to wash it off every day. That's not going to work consistently. Let's be honest. And so we had to titrate the percentage of copper peptides so that it's in the efficacious zone, but it's not so much that your hair gets sticky and oily. So that's the only one downside of it. But overall, I'm a huge fan of it, and that's why we've included it in um, in the hair serum. And also, we have copper in our supplement as well because copper is very important. Lots of enzymatic reactions. It also helps prevent the grays. Uh, and can be supportive from that standpoint. So I'm a huge mm. fan of copper crop peptides. Yeah. Uh, so are the copper peptides naturally oily? Because I have they them are. in a face serum and I find them to be drying, but maybe there's something else in there that's doing that. Yeah, when you apply it, it's it's pretty viscous and thick and it's super dark blue. It depends on the percentage you're using, but it can be viscous and thick when you apply it. So I, have, I haven't tested what happens after the fact or if it's if you're using a pure combination, if you're using a pure copper peptide or with something else, um, but uh, the initial application yeah, of it. combo. Okay. Yeah, the initial yeah. application of copper peptide is pretty oily when you apply it to your face. And so we had to kind of work with that uh, combination and percentages uh, to make sure it's not going to make it oily. Awesome. Got it. Got it. And is it better to use this at night before bed or this time of day not really matter? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter, but what it does is when you apply any serum or any liquid to your scalp, it's going to make your scalp wet for a little while. And so I typically apply it in the morning and then I, I style my hair. And in, you know, three to four hours, it completely dries off. So actually my hair is styled, it looks good, and it dries off too. So hair is dry in the afternoon. But a lot of our female clients especially use it in the evening as part of their, you know, nightly routine. So they'll brush their scalp, they'll apply the serum, and then they'll go to bed, you know, whatever time they go to bed after. And then by the time they wake up in the morning, it's completely dry. So they don't need to shampoo it, they don't need to wash it, and they can just style their hair normally and then go about their day. So it depends on your preference. If you want bonus points, then use it twice a day, once in the morning and once at night. But certainly just using it once in the evening is, is pretty good. Great. Awesome. Easy enough. Yeah. Thank you so much for us. Well, I have one more question. Yes, I, I'm obsessed with the ingredient line and we're going to share this with our audience, but I think just to circle back to the lifestyle practices, because we know there's so many other things that could go wrong. So say we're like all in on the oral and in the serum, what are some common mistakes that you see or like some kind of bigger picture things that people tend to miss that are going to make this not as successful? Totally. I, I think that you guys probably hark on this all the time. So 
I'm just repeating this to the audience. It's very, very important to get really good quality sleep. If you're skimping on sleep, then all of your hormones are going to be dysregulated. You're going to have insulin resistance. You can have all of these problems that will cause downstream effects to your hair. So get good sleep, exercise, eat good foods. Again, if you're eating, if your blood sugar is super high all the time, it's going to cause problems in your bloodstreams, your endothelial function, which is going to impair blood flow going all the way to your scalp because it's hard enough to get blood flow to the thing that's furthest away from you gravity-wise. And so we want to make sure the quality of your blood vessels, endothelial health is, is good as well. So all that ties back to insulin resistance, that ties back to blood sugar levels in your body, um, that ties back to your lipids and cholesterols. So make sure those are all in a healthy range so that you can function properly. Um, so sleep, exercise, eating the right foods, nutrition, making sure you replete in vitamins and minerals. There's many that I talked about that are very important for hair health and hair growth. So make sure those are all accounted for, which will make your life so much easier. If you just take the vitamins and yes, we've included anti-stress um, adaptogens in the supplement, for example, but still like you're fighting against your body is being stressed with adaptogens. Why not just do it naturally? Have a meditation practice if you can. It really helps calm everything down in your body. It helps turn down immune, autoimmune, over overaction that can be caused by you know high levels of stress as well. And we know that autoimmune is is causing Hashimoto's, that's causing hair thinning. So there's a lot of these factors that are related to stress in particular, but also uh, the other things I mentioned. So um, I'm sure you guys talk about this all the time. We're biohackers. We want to maintain a healthy body and healthy mind and a sound mind. And that's all starts with the basics before you take anything else. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. It needs to yeah. be repeated a million times. Yes, yep. agreed. Yes. Yeah. Basics before biohacks. And I think healthy body equals healthy hair and healthy skin. And it's just the amazing result. So yeah, you can tell. Yeah. I'll just say one last thing. You can see how somebody's aging, right? You can see it. You can look at a 40-year-old and say they're aging well. And you can look at a 40-year-old and say they're aging poorly. And so all of this predominantly is the choices that you make in your day-to-day -day life. It's not that I'm taking 50 supplements that are helping me. No, it's the basics that are help you get you mm -hmm. 80, 90% there. And then we can mm -hmm. add on the other things that get you the rest of the way there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Faraz, if you can maybe just leave our audience with one final piece of advice, something they should start doing immediately to optimize their health, what would that be? I would say that the biggest realization for me has been after experiencing hair loss for 20 years and giving up so many times and like feeling so down and so stressed and not feeling worthy, what I've found is that the human body is magical. It's so magical. It can do, it's designed to do the right thing and it's just out of balance, it's out of homeostasis, which is causing hair loss or something else. But if you can help it a little bit, it will work with you and it will give you the results that you want. It'll give you the body that you want. It'll give you the hair that you want. It will give you, you know, the metabolism that you want. It'll give you, it'll help you out in a lot of ways. So don't give up on yourself. Just know that your body is magical in ways that we don't understand and we probably never will understand, but that's okay. Just know that it's going to work on you as it work with you. As long as the mindset is right and you work at it, you can do anything. Beautiful. Love it. Love it body is thank so you. magical. Can you tell our audience where they can find more of you? Yes, of course. Thank you. So the hair supplies you can get on fullyvital 
Com, and I'm happy to create a coupon code for you guys. If you want to pick one, we can make it Babes15 or something else that you want. Biohacker but, Babes. So um, yeah, whatever you want. We can make it Biohacker Babes or... I awesome. Know, that would be great. That would be great. It's, it's easy, easy for people because that's usually what it is. So more likely that go. they'll not mess it up. <laughs> Use Biohacker Babes at checkout and get 15% off your order. So Thank that's, you. that's what you Thank can get. Thank you so f- much. Totally. That's what you can get in Fully Vital. You can also check out my podcast. It's called Anti-Aging Hacks. We talk about longevity, wellness, anti-aging. And I'm going to have these two on, um, these two ladies on. So I'm Yay. super excited for that. And they'll be on very shortly. So, And then also my Instagram is Anti-Aging Hacks. And then the hair product Instagram is at Fully Vital Hair. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you, Lauren. And thank you, Renee. Appreciate the time. And thanks to everyone that tuned in today. We will see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.